Welcome to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. I'm Daniel Davis. This week we are beginning Unit 30, about the growth of the early church. So, this unit is titled, Every Day the Lord Added to Their Number, drawn from a phrase at the end of Acts 2. And we begin this unit with Session 1, titled, The Church Grows. Just as God had promised, just as Jesus had promised, the Holy Spirit came to the first followers of Jesus, and the church was born. With the Holy Spirit, the disciples now had the power that they needed to take the gospel to the nations, as Jesus had commissioned them in Acts 1.8. As we saw a couple of weeks ago, the Spirit came upon each of the disciples at Pentecost, and they began to speak in various foreign languages. But Acts 2 quickly focuses in on Peter as the spokesman who boldly and clearly proclaimed the good news about Jesus to the people who had gathered for the Pentecost celebration. God's power through the Holy Spirit was on display in the miracle of tongues, in the message Peter proclaimed, and in the response of those who believed. In point one, we see that God's people are empowered to proclaim Jesus boldly. At the outset for this point, keep in mind that the focal passage is subdivided into two readings, verses 22 through 24 and then 25 through 31. The opening discuss prompt after the scripture reading will help your group begin to understand what we mean by the title for this point. Peter's preaching isn't teaching or encouraging the idea that God's people are empowered to proclaim Jesus boldly, but he is exemplifying this fact in his preaching. Peter and the disciples were proclaiming the significance of Jesus in the very city in which he was crucified, and doing so just mere 50 days from the time of his execution. Previously, the disciples had cowered in locked rooms for fear of being found and executed themselves. But now, they were fearlessly putting their lives on the line for the sake of their Savior. The Holy Spirit empowers all believers for this very purpose. In addition to the risk of openly proclaiming Jesus, the disciples were confronting some of the very people who had participated in putting Jesus to death. In order to get to the point of calling the crowd to repentance at the end of his sermon, Peter needed to indict them for the grave offense of crucifying the Son of God. He made it a point to emphasize the sovereign plan of God that included the crucifixion of Jesus and his resurrection, but this did not absolve or let the crowd off the hook for their sin. They acted, they manipulated, they murdered, and they would need to acknowledge their sin. With the second scripture reading for this point, Peter supports his assertion that Jesus was raised from the dead. Of course, Peter had seen the risen Christ, but the crowd hadn't. So, Peter relied on the truth of God's word to back up his declaration. He cited Psalm 110, a psalm of David, to show that David was a prophet in speaking not of himself, but of the Messiah, his promised descendant to rule forever on his throne. David did die and his body did decay. But the scriptures are true and must be fulfilled. And this prophecy finds its fulfillment in Jesus, who died, but rose from the dead three days later. His body did not experience decay, but was raised to life, never to die again. Peter placed confidence in the truth of God's word to support the message of the gospel and to change the hearts of sinners through the proclamation of the gospel. In point two, we see that God's people are empowered to call others to repentance. 
Again, keep in mind that this point is also subdivided into two scripture readings. The result of Peter's spirit-empowered sermon was an audience full of convicted sinners. They recognized the offense of their sin, particularly their offense of participating in the crucifixion of Jesus, the promised Messiah and the Son of God. And so, they rightly asked the disciples, what should we do? Peter's answer was not a prescription for penance, but a call to repentance and baptism. The call of response to the gospel is to turn away from sin, turn away from self, and turn to Jesus Christ for forgiveness and salvation. And note in verses 39 through 41 how Peter didn't just state how they should respond, but he pleaded with them to respond to the offer of salvation in Jesus. Peter preached about Jesus and his gospel with truth and grace and with a sense of urgency. And through the work of the Holy Spirit, both in the disciples and in the crowd, there was a great harvest of people believing the gospel, being baptized, and being added to the church. In point three, we see that God's people are empowered to live together as one. And one last time, this point is also subdivided into two scripture readings. The end of Acts chapter 2 shows us how the early church functioned. The believers devoted themselves to a life together as the body of Christ. The first scripture reading for this point leads well into a consideration and discussion of the body of Christ as our key doctrine for this session. The believers who were now a part of the church prioritized the teaching of the apostles, their fellowship and shared meals, and prayer. And because there was such a sense of unity in the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus Christ, the believers sacrificed their money and possessions in order to provide for one another as each other had needs. The second scripture reading for this point echoes ideas from the first reading and adds that the believers were praising God for all that He was doing in and through them. And because the Lord was still working through the Holy Spirit in their midst, both through wonders and the seemingly mundane aspects of life together, the Lord was adding to their number daily even more people who heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, repented, believed, and were baptized and saved. This is the work we hope and pray for as the church today, because we too are filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter's sermon at Pentecost, a mere 50 days after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, demonstrates the Holy Spirit's power to change those who trust in Jesus. He changes sinners into those who see the wisdom and power of God on display in a crucified and risen Savior. And He changes believers so that we become more and more like Christ our Savior. The power of the gospel changed Peter, whom God used to preach Jesus boldly to a crowd so that thousands would believe and be changed as well. All who believe in Jesus are changed, never to be the same. Because we believers are a new creation in Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit, we should seek to live according to our new identity as we put our old selves to death day by day and put on Christ so that we may follow in His footsteps. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.